Good morning. Okay, stay down there. Stay down there, Lydia. Just a minute. So we are in desperate need of uh, more things for the Operation Christmas Child. Um, these is, you know, you guys have seen the video. It's an amazing program where kids all over the world get these Christmas gifts. So all the kids have the boxes that um, they're going to hand around anybody that wants to take one home today. Um, because like I said, there's always a lot of pencils and notebooks and the basics, but these kids really just love to get the toys and there's always a shortage. So um, we're gonna have a packing party next Sunday. I don't know if they already announced that, but um, the more helping hands we can get, the better. And like I said, that um, we need more donations and you can take a box to pre-package it and bring it back so we can get them sent off. So the kids have these if you guys want to take them home so you can get that going. Also, if you guys need more boxes, we have some, we have lots, we have some set out in the foyer um, if the kids don't have enough. So there's some, you can grab one on your way out um, if you need one. Thank you, guys. Good morning, church. How are you doing today? Good? Good. If you, open, <clears throat> well, if you open your Bibles with me today to Hebrews chapter 5, 11 through 14. <clears throat> chapter 5, verse, uh, verse 11. Whom we ha- have much to say and har- hard to... Explain, since you have come dull of hearing, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone, uh, someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have have come to need milk and not solid food, for everyone who partakes of partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of. Of righteousness, for he is a he, for he is a babe. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, and that is that is those whom, by reason of those, have have their sense senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Why don't you pray with me, and then Jackie will come up here. Heavenly Father, we come to you in Jesus Christ. We thank you for the cross that your son died upon for all of our sins. And we ask, Lord, that we just accept that, Lord. Accept it and believe in it. Trust in it every day and walk in it. 
Would you prepare all of our hearts to receive what you have for us today? I just ask that your Holy Spirit was to come upon your people and give them what they need, whether hurting or scared or wandering, wherever they're at, Lord. I pray you meet them where they're at. I pray they would realize that it's okay to hurt and it's okay to say, I need your help and be changed by the name of your son, Jesus. And I pray I pray, Lord, they'd be ready for that, that the power of Jesus Christ's words would change them to the beautiful creation you've made them today, that they don't see, but what you want to make them today, Lord. And then they can walk out here knowing that's who they are, and that's, all they, they, that's who they've always been before time began. I thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. God's good, isn't he? <laughs> and all the time? You guys are all right. All right, so as we begin taking a look at what we have for us, we enter into a section in the book of Hebrews that is uh, really going to focus on, for the next several chapters, the concept of Jesus Christ being our high priest and what that means for us. But you also got to kind of put your or wrap your mind around what it meant to them. Okay, when this letter is delivered, and it's received there in, uh, in Jerusalem, in Israel, um, when they hear about it, when they see it, they still have a temple. We don't have a temple today. They still have a high priest. We don't have one of those today. And now here comes this book. This book comes on the scene being read in the churches, spreading around through the church, declaring that Jesus Christ is our high priest. And it was it was revolutionary message to them. Because here's what they had. They had a high priest who was corrupt. They had a high priest that didn't really care about the people. They had a high priest that didn't really care about praying for the people or encouraging the people or helping the people. They had all of that, but they, they didn't really have the high priest they needed. So when the book of Hebrews comes out and it goes through the church and it declares to them that Jesus Christ is our high priest, there's, a, there's an excitement that takes place. And it's hard for us really to wrap our mind around it. Maybe, maybe this will help. I don't know if you're aware. Our government is corrupt. Nobody's shocked. Okay. Our government is corrupt. And, um, uh, you know, barring somebody interceding, some miracle taking place, which God is able to do, it'll probably stay corrupt. It's been corrupt a long time. It didn't get this way overnight, right? Got this way slowly over time. But we have a king who's not corrupt. And the kind of hope that that gives us when we think about the fact that Jesus Christ is our King, and I'm not looking for another Savior, I have one. The kind of hope that we have in Christ, in that sense, 
helps us understand what it was like for the Jewish believers who heard, we have a great high priest, not a lame one. Not one who's trying to make more money or not one who's trying to just get ahead. We have a great high priest. Scripture tells us in in Hebrews 2.17, it says, Therefore in all things he had to be made like his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Hebrews 2 begins to introduce us to the concept. We read about it in Hebrews 2, Hebrews 3, Hebrews 4, Hebrews 5, 6, you're right, 7, uh-huh, 8, 9. It's going to be carried through the book of Hebrews quite a ways. So we want to understand it. In, in Hebrews 3, 1, it says, Therefore, in light of all these things, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus. So consider him. That, that word means to really meditate on, really understand what this means. This idea, because really the root of the message out of the book of Hebrews is carrying with it this concept. Do you get what it means? That you have a high priest in heaven, Jesus Christ, who never has a day off, who never stops, and is always praying for you. Consider the high priest and apostle Jesus Christ. Hebrews 4.14 says, Seeing then that we have this great high priest. And again, no high priest was called great. But Jesus Christ is called great. Why? Because He's what we need. What we need is not another human solution. What we need is not a better mousetrap. I think we've done about as good as we can with the mousetrap we got. What we need is Jesus Christ. Consider the great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. So let us do what? Hold fast. Hold fast our confession. Hold fast our profession. Hold fast to Jesus Christ. Cling to Him for all we're worth. Last time in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 6, it says, And He also says in another place, You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Now we're going to be chasing Melchizedek around the tree for a couple of chapters, but... Here's what we have to understand. We read him first in Genesis 14. He disappears from the pages of the Bible until a thousand years later in Psalm 110. In Psalm 110, every rabbi who read it said, This is Messiah. He's going to be a real high priest. He's going to be a high priest that has our back. He's going to be a high priest that will take care of us. And... Because he's a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek, it means he never surrenders the job. He never quits. He is always there. He is always for us. But as we look at this section, as we move now toward the end of chapter 5 and into chapter 6, from 5.11 through 6.12 roughly, we enter into the third of several, I think seven in total, Warning passages in the book of Hebrews. And all those warning passages, we don't want to forget them. We want to remember those who have gone before so that we can... Am I getting louder? So that we can understand... You guys want me to holler more? 
so, <laughs> so that we can understand all the stuff that went before. What, what am I talking about? We want to understand because uh, they all fit together. Are you with me? Remember, the first warning we had was in, was in Hebrews 2.1. It says, Therefore, we must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. First warning, be careful not to drift. What are they drifting away from? The things they heard. What are the things they heard? The Word of God. So they're drifting away from the things they heard. What's the second warning we get? The second warning comes in Hebrews 3, verse 12. It says, Beware, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief, departing from the living God. But exhort one another daily while it is called today, lest any of you be hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. The next warning we get is a warning of what? Of unbelief. So, when we begin to drift, we're neglecting that word of God that we have. We begin to drift, and what's the next stage? Doubt. Unbelief. Is God really there? Is God really is a part of this? I, I don't know. I, I don't see. I don't feel. I don't understand. And then the third part is what we look at this morning. In Hebrews 5, verse 10, just so we can get a little bit of the background, it says, uh, speaking of Jesus, that He's called by God as high priest, according to the order of Melchizedek, listen, of whom we have much to say. And it's hard to explain, since you have become dull of hearing. Drifting leads to doubting. Leads to... Really a statement of judgment from God. You know, the Bible tells it that, that, that God, uh, He'll deal with His own, right? He'll chastise His children. He'll deal with what's going on <clears throat> in them and through them. Well, think about when this happened before. Matthew chapter 13, beginning in verse 15, it says this, For the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes have closed, lest they would see with their eyes, hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts, and turn, so that I would heal them. So God's declaring, man, I'm here, I'm here, and I'm able. But the people began drifting. And drifting led to unbelief. And unbelief led to hardness of heart, and deafness of ear. So that while Jesus is speaking, while Jesus is talking, they can't hear what it is He's saying. They can't understand what's going on. It begins to plug up their mind. And really He's quoting from Isaiah chapter 6. In Isaiah chapter 6, verse 9, it says, And, and He said, Go and tell this people. Let me back up and give you what's going on. Isaiah chapter 6 says, In the year that King Uzziah died, Isaiah... I saw the Lord high and lifted up, and His train filled the temple. So Isaiah is brought into the presence of God. And God asks a question. There in the, in the multitude of, of His angels and the heavenly host, He says, Who shall we send? Who will go for us? And Isaiah had said earlier, Man, I can't do nothing. I'm undone. I'm unclean. I'm a man of unclean lips. And so God had an angel take a coal... Out of the altar, touch his lips, and the Lord declared, your, your sins are purged, you're cleansed. And then he asked the question, who will go for us? So Isaiah said, here am I, send me. 
In verse 9, listen to what he said. Go and tell this people, keep on hearing, but don't understand. Keep on seeing, but don't perceive. Make the heart of this people dull, and their ears heavy. Shut their eyes, lest they would see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, (coughs) and understand with their heart, and return to me, and be healed. Look, Isaiah chapter 6 tells us that this state, dullness of hearing, hardness of heart, is a judgment from God. That God said, look, you, you have drifted, you have doubted, now I plug your ears, and you can't hear anymore. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 tells us that when the Antichrist comes on the scene, post-rapture, the Antichrist comes onto the scene, it says that all those who did not have a love for the truth are going to believe the lie. Judgment from God. This is the time of salvation. Now is the day. That's what the Word declares. And for those who have had opportunity, for those who have heard the gospel, and their hearts have been deafened, or or hardened, their ears have been deafened, they've drifted away, they've not really ever jumped in, they've never been a part of of the offering that God gives. He declares, those guys, he said, aren't going to hear anymore. They're not going to understand. Their hearts have been hardened. We see this concept about the dullness of hearing again in Acts 28. In Acts 28 it says this, And some were persuaded by the things which were spoken, and some disbelieved. So when they could not or did not agree among themselves, they departed after Paul had said one word. The Holy Spirit rightly spoke through Isaiah the prophet to our fathers. When he said, Go to this people... In hearing, you will hear and not understand. Seeing, you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing. Their eyes have been closed. Lest they would see with their eyes and hear with their ears. Lest they would understand with their hearts in turn. So that I would heal them. Therefore, let it be known to you. That the salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles. And they will hear it. And when he had said these words, the Jews departed and had a great dispute among themselves. There's a point in the outreaching and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, taking the gospel to the nations, where God will plug ears. Where God will say, that's it, you're not hearing, you won't listen. You spend any time looking at the news? It is mind-blowing. Well, I had an exciting bit of news this week. Um, we've been praying a long time. We have a, a ministry, um, Red Door Ministry, goes out to Planned Parenthood. It sounds like a big deal, but basically it's one guy uh, who goes out to Planned Parenthood and stands in the gap. We had our first uh, woman who was there for an abortion turn around and leave. So... So, and, and I don't want to diminish that at all. That's, I was pretty stoked over that. Uh, wondering when the first one would come. Um, but I tend to be a little pessimistic. 
and I don't want to tell you how many just walk in and they hear the same words but they drifted away they've entered into a state of unbelief and they have hardness of heart and deaf ears and they cannot hear I don't understand how you can't get it how you can't comprehend what's going on and nobody can tell me I've never been there what right do I have to talk I've been there I know what it's all about. I know what, what happens the morning after. So, we look at this and we want to say, okay, then, what, well, Lord, you're warning us. You're warning us as believers. We don't want to do that, right? We don't, want to, <coughs> we don't want to become like the nation of Israel was. It got dull of hearing and they couldn't hear the Word of God anymore. And their hearts couldn't be penetrated by the power of the Word of God, so that it wouldn't change them from the, from the inside out. There was, no, there was no working of the Holy Spirit upon the hearts of men because of their hardness of heart. And it was part of God's judgment. And I look around today, and that's what I see all around me. It's everywhere. 50 million babies since the 70s. Can you even imagine what that is? And that's just one tiny, that's just one sliver of the pie of, of the sin of our nation. That's not the big part of the pie. We got lots of other stuff going on, right? In our nation, we got lots of other things. What have we done? We drifted. We doubted. And now, our ears are plugged. And we're having a hard time hearing what it is. That God is declaring to us. What is it that God is encouraging us in this section to learn to do? One of the things that God's word tells us. What do I do about this? Is that we have to recognize God's calling us all to grow. Do you know that? He didn't call you just to to stay in one place. To never progress. To never grow. To never understand. To never comprehend. Here's what his word declares to us in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. He says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. For what purpose? For the equipping of the saints. For what? For the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Till we all come to the unity of the faith. How many? All. Okay, so that's for everybody, right? Till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. To a perfect man. Anybody got there yet? Alright, but we're supposed to be moving in that direction, right? Moving toward that perfect man. What's the measure and stature of the perfect man? He tells us, right? The measure and stature and fullness of Christ. That we would no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine. By the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things unto him who is the head, Christ. From whom the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for what? The edifying of itself in love. What is it? How is it that we battle these warning passages that we're going to be reading about? We battle it by growing What is the goal in our life? To know Him and the power of His resurrection. To know Jesus in such a way 
that it causes us to lay hold and hold fast to what it is God has given us. And as we hold fast to what it is that God has given us, when the waves of corruption come, we don't get swept away with it. When all the garbage lands on top of, a, of our nation or on top of this world, it can just slide off us. It don't got to stick. Because we've laid hold to Christ. We're holding fast to Him and growing with Him. Peter said this in 1 Peter uh, 2, verse 1. He said, therefore, lay aside all malice. Now here's a problem for us. Okay? Malice. What's malice? Malice is that deep, dark hatred of things. It could be a, a lot of different things. The desiring to see someone or something fail. And... <coughs> Man, that's all over. This time, election brings out all the junk, don't it? Because we act just like everybody else. But he says, the word of God says, lay aside malice. Lay aside that hatred, that animosity, that desire to see destruction. Not only that, lay aside all deceit. Stop lying. Lay aside hypocrisy. Stop play-acting. Lay aside envy. Lay aside all evil speaking. And, this is the important part, like a newborn babe desires milk, we are desire the pure milk of the word that we may grow thereby. Now, it's not saying that we should be babies and stay babies. What's it saying? We should want... The Word of God, like a baby, wants his mama's milk. Look, I got a grandbaby. He's a year old today. Or yesterday. That's close enough. <laughs> They'd be happy grandpa even knows he's a year old. He's a year old yesterday. And well, I'll tell you, watching that baby grow for a year, when it's time to feed Owen, you aren't doing nothing else. Do you get it? Because the baby's going to say, feed me, feed me, feed me, feed me, ah, feed me. Right? You guys have that. You never experienced that? Your babies were all good and quiet, right? So maybe it's maybe mine are the only little sinner babies, but the, the ones that were mine, the ones that were mine and my grandkids, man, they, they can make some noise. Let me tell you. Bruh! What is he saying? Feed me, feed me. When's the last time that's the desire you had for the word of god cuz that's what the word says i don't i don't want to drift i don't want to fall away i don't want to f- become dull of hearing then what is the encouragement that peter tells us be like like a baby wants his mama's milk that's how you need to want the word i want to spend time in the word of god now i remember when i sat in in uh, pews, and I heard the preacher say that, and I thought, that's the dumbest thing I ever heard of. Who in the world ever is going to want to spend time in the Word of God? Well, I do. Probably one of the greatest joys I have is the time I spend studying and learn. Why? Because I'm learning about Jesus. I'm coming to understand Him. It wasn't always that way. I had to train myself. 
But that's what the, the challenge is from God's word that we would have. Second Peter 3.18 says this, Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he's laying out a command for us. Grow. Grow. Don't be stagnant. What, did, what was the first warning? Don't drift. How do I start drifting? I just start letting go. I'm not holding on. I'm just going with the flow. I'm just floating down the river. That's drifting. Leads to doubting. Leads to judgment. Hardness of heart. Deafness of ear. We want to be able to hear and understand. So let's look at this idea. Hebrews chapter 5. Back up and look at verse 9. Let's get it all together. And having been perfected, speaking to Jesus Christ, he became the author of eternal salvation to all who obey him, called by God as high priest according to the order of Melchizedek, of whom we have much to say. So what's he saying? I got a lot to tell you. Who's, what's, who's he got a lot to tell you about? Well, our high priest, Jesus Christ, and, and how that works and what he's doing for you and, and how he's meeting your needs. I got a lot to tell you. I got a lot I want you to understand. I want you to be able to see. You know that the Bible declares to us in Colossians 2 3 that all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are in Christ Jesus. Then say most. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are in Christ Jesus. If I want to grow, if I want to understand, if I want to comprehend, if I want to be able to, to reach down into the Word of God and pull out the deep things, I want to get the concepts in my mind. If I sit around, I guess I could, I could pray and wait for my, my uh, um, what is it, my, what do they call them? My, 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 my. Fairy godmother. That's what I was trying to think of. I just had to look at you for a while. And then I thought. <laughs> what am I trying to think of? Yeah. I, I can wait around for my fairy godmother to wave her little wand. And the little pixie dust falls on my head. And poof. Oh, magically. Now I am ready for the deep things of God. Do you think that's what he's telling us? Man, he says, I want you to, to dig, dig. I want you to understand. And he says, I'll tell you where it's all found. It's in Christ Jesus. Coming to know Him. Coming to understand Him. Really diving deep into what God has for us. But you have to want to do it. I can come to the Word of God with a rake. If I do, I'm always going to get leaves. I can come to the Word of God with a shovel. If I do, I may get gold. It's all about how I want to discipline myself. But it's just like anything else you know. Man, we're, in this room, we got a lot of guys who know a lot of stuff. If I could know all the stuff you guys know, I'd be a genius. I unfortunately only know the things I know. But some of you guys are saying, well, I don't know that I really know anything. Man, I spent a few minutes talking to some of you farmers, and I'm blown away by all the stuff you know. Why do you know that? How did you know it? Oh, yeah, you, you, you do it. It's your life. It's what you do when you get up in the morning. It's what you do till you go to bed at night. It's where you apply yourself. It's what you pour yourself into. Why? Because I'm a farmer. Well, what if I'm a truck driver? Is it any different? It's just different knowledge. But what is it? I got a knowledge of, of what I do. How did I get it? Because that's what I do. So how do you think you're going to get knowledge of Jesus Christ? 
And are you a Christian? What's that mean? A follower of Christ? Because we apply ourselves in those other areas. And I'm not suggesting, please hear me. I'm not suggesting you stop. I'm fond of eating. And if somebody doesn't grow the food, I'm going to starve to death. And you all know I can't hunt for beans. I could spend all my time running around on mountains, but I'll never get nothing. So I, I will starve if somebody doesn't do it. God never says stop doing all that stuff. He just asks us to apply ourselves in the same way. To know Him. To understand Him. He says it's not easy. Has anybody ever found that? Because he said right here, i got some things to tell you. It's hard to understand. If I had a nickel for every time somebody told me, oh, I read the Bible and I don't understand a lick. Well, good. You are in direct relation with what the Bible says. The Bible says, man, i got a lot of stuff to tell you, but it's hard to understand. So if you're looking for the, you know, dummy's guide to knowing Christ, there's not one of those. Any more than there's a dummy's guide for me knowing my wife. She, she claims sometimes I should read that book. But it's not out there. How do I know my wife? I have to apply myself. Don't I? I got to pay attention. I gotta, most of the time, the things that get me in trouble is I'm not paying attention. I didn't pay attention to... Sometimes she likes it. I didn't pay attention to what she bought. I didn't see the new picture on the wall. You know, I'm not the most observant. Sometimes I didn't notice she got a haircut or she colored her hair. But if I want to know my wife, what do I do? I apply myself to know her. And a lot of people say, you know, man, this, is, this whole marriage thing is so hard. Look, you're the one who said you wanted to get married. When you said you wanted to get married, you were saying, I want to spend my life knowing you. What it takes to know you. Well, I was hoping the fairy godmother would put a wand and drop pixie dust on my head. I thought that when we stood up in front of the room in the church, in front of everybody, and we declared our vows, that just magically happened. No, it didn't. What is required? Work. I gotta apply myself. I gotta apply myself to know my wife. And we have been married for a long time. <laughs> huh? Is it thirty? Okay. I was afraid. I was I was a little afraid. What happens if I do this wrong? So we've been married for 30 years. I have not exhausted everything there is to know about my wife. I'm still learning. I'm still growing. I'm still enjoying that whole journey. Now, take that concept and put that in that, your relationship with Christ. Because that's how it's supposed to be. I apply myself. I want to know him. Well, it's hard. Sometimes it's hard. Welcome to real life. Didn't your mom and dad tell you that? You never heard the life is hard speech? Man. Well, just in case you weren't listening then. Some stuff in life is hard. That's just the way it is. So buck up, Junior. Let's go. 
We gotta, we gotta apply ourselves to know our wives. We gotta apply ourselves to know our occupation. We gotta apply ourselves to know our Savior. Same way. What's your motivation for doing so? I love Him. I want to know Him. That's our motivation for drawing close to Him. He says here at the end of this verse, at the end of verse 11, since you have, look at, this is a progression, you have become. It doesn't say you are dull of hearing, it says you have become. There's been a progression, a progression of drifting and doubting and becoming dull of hearing. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13, it says this, For this reason, we also thank God without ceasing. This is the opposite of being dull of hearing. Listen. Because when you received the word of God, which you heard from us, you welcomed it, not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God, which also effectively works in you who believe. The Bible tells the word of God is living and powerful, right? Sharper than any two-edged sword. It's able to divide. It's able to speak into our life. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, man, these guys were wanting it. Give it to me. I want to understand it. I want to grow. I want to learn. I want to know. I want to know, the Bible tells in, I want to say Acts 18, it talks about Bereans. What was the deal about the Bereans? They receive the word of God with all readiness. They want to hear, they want to hear. And then daily they were searching the scriptures to see if the things they heard were there. Is that really what the Bible says? Is that really what the Bible's talking about? That's the life of a believer who doesn't want to become dull of hearing. We want to grow. Look at verse 12. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. First thing he says, verse 12, you're you're unprepared to teach. And this idea of teaching, guys, this is not professional teaching. This is not the call of everybody to become a preacher or an open-air preacher to go out and stand on the corner at at Planned Parenthood and preach, share the gospel. This is a call for everyone, wherever they are, every day, to share what it is Christ is doing in your life. You know, I can go probably anywhere where men, especially farmers, are gathered for coffee, and they will be talking about maybe the weather, what's going on in farming, if if crop prices are bad, if crop prices are good, right? We expect that, right? That They may be talking about some sporting events. What they're going to be talking about is everything that they care about. Right? And what the Word of God is calling us to is to say, you all ought to be teachers by now. You ought to be sharing about Christ. You ought to have that flowing through your life. Listen to what it said in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verses 6 through 7. This is the word the fathers. It says, <coughs> excuse me, these words I command to you today shall be in your heart, and you will teach them diligently. How did it say? Diligently, right? It doesn't say you will teach them lackadaisically. You will teach them diligently to your children. You will talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. That's Bible speak for talk about it all the time. 
talk about it all the time. I have no problem talking about hunting. Hunting, you would think I'd be better at it. But I have no problem at all talking about hunting. I can always strike up a conversation about hunting. But sooner or later, I'm always going to be talking about the Lord. I want to talk about Jesus, my Savior. He's my King. He's my God. That should be flowing through us. It should be flowing out of us. In Titus, a word for the the older women of the church, it says in verse 3, the older women likewise, that they be... Uh, the older women, likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanders, not given to much wine, teachers of good things. That they admonish the young women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient. Obedient to their husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. So it says the older women in the church should be teaching the younger women. Should be sharing with them the life lessons that they've learned through a long, hard, difficult walk of life. Teaching them maybe some of the things that they learned along the way of their journey. He says, you guys should be teachers by now. The older women teaching the younger women. Men teaching their, their children. People sharing about what it is God has shown us. What God has taught us. In Proverbs chapter 4. All throughout the book of Proverbs, we have these incredible Proverbs that are given to us. Here's the point of the book of Proverbs. It's to get you to want wisdom. And the personification of wisdom is Jesus Christ. That's the point. So it says in, in Proverbs 4, verse 1, Hear, my children, the instruction of a father. Give attention and know understanding. For I give you good doctrine... Do not forsake my law. When I was my father's son, tender, and the only one in the sight of my mother, he taught me and said to me, Let your heart retain. Hold on to my words. Keep my commands and live. Get wisdom. Get understanding. Do not forget. Do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her, for she will preserve you. Love her, and she will keep you. Wisdom is a principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt her and she will promote you. She will bring you honor when you embrace her. She will place on your head an ornament of grace, a crown of glory she will deliver to you. Hear, my son, receive my sayings, and the years of your life will be many. For I have taught you in the way of wisdom. I have led you in right paths. So when you walk, your steps may not be hindered. And when you run, you will not stumble. Take firm hold of instruction and do not let go. Keep her, for she is your life. Wisdom. Hold on. Understand. How do we get that? We share it. We teach it. He says, you guys, in, in verse 12, you guys should be teachers by now. You should be sharing these things. But remember, what's the picture in Hebrews? What's going on? Drifting has led to doubting, has led to dullness of hearing. And he's saying, man, you guys should be after it, you should be moving forward. You should be going. I shouldn't have to go back and teach you the basic principles of the oracles of God. Well, what were those? What's the basic principles of the oracles of God? Literally, in the, in the Greek it says the beginning of the words of God. The beginning of, of how we came to faith. How we became a believer. To go back and teach again the importance of repentance and faith. For God has commanded all men everywhere to repent and believe. But he says we should be able to move forward. 
We should be able to understand deeper and, and more complicated things. But what's the problem? You've come to need milk and not solid food. The milk is the first principles. The milk is what you first give a baby. When someone comes to Jesus Christ, what do we say? He's a baby in Christ. He just came to Christ. But what do we expect when we come to Christ? There should also be what? Growth. The same way there should be growth in our lives with our own children, right? Gosh, one of the biggest challenges my wife and I have have had in life has been our youngest son. Who mentally has never developed past the age of a young child. Which is why you will see, uh, if you spend any time around, Joe have a conniption sooner or later. Because that's what kids do. Only when a, when a little kid has a conniption, it's not such a big deal. Joe's 20? Whew. Joe's 20. When a 20-year-old has a conniption, you get arrested and go to jail, right? There's supposed to be growth in there. You're supposed to not need milk anymore. So when we see that in life, it's a sorrow. It's a sorrow. Now, God's taught us a lot of things through Job, but the, what's the sorrow part? That he won't grow. He's going to live with us forever. And, you know, that's going to be okay. But it's a sorrow. So in our walk with Christ, we shouldn't be like that. We come to Christ, we're babe in Christ, we earnestly desire the the milk of the word, and we take the milk of the word, but then what happens? We grow. And we come to understand more, and we start to understand more about Jesus, and we get to the deeper understandings and and the better things, and we're moving, not that we ignore the reality, not that we ignore the reality of the first principles, but we move on to under greater understanding. My relationship with my son has stopped when he was six. God don't want our relationship to stop there. He wants our relationship to progress and develop. And that there would be within us that real growth. Well, what does he compare solid food? He says you need solid food. What was the solid food? The example in this verse. He wants to teach us some hard things about the relationship that we have with our Savior, Jesus Christ, as our high priest. And how that relates to us. Those are important things if we want to know Jesus, right? If we want to understand and we want to be able to comprehend who He is. So we need to grow so that we are able to take on that solid food. So look what it says in verse 13. For everyone who partakes only of milk, is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. Unskilled. Literally, it means he's inexperienced. He's inexperienced. You know, I think I was here, I don't know how long I was here. Gary Reynolds might remember, I don't remember. But I wasn't here very long. And they let me run a combine. Should have been the scariest time of your life, just so you know. And the the crazy thing is, when I show up, I think Ori was in it. And I was thinking, oh dear God, don't make me learn. For, I don't know, how old was Ori then? Eight? Oh gosh, have mercy. So, <coughs> so Ori was running. But thankfully, maybe just mercy, mercy for me, Ori wasn't the one who instructed me. <laughs> just a little mercy. And so I got in this combine and I'm running around. And it's kind of like a video game, huh? No? You guys didn't? Not really? So what can you tell by what I'm saying? 
I'm inexperienced running a combine. And something that costs that much, you should not put somebody like me. In a, but I did get to chew on some wheat while I did it. So it kind of gets gummy. Yeah? You guys all know what I'm talking about? The point that the word's laying out for us is, look, if you are not, if you just stand on milk, you're unskilled, you're inexperienced, you don't really know what you're doing. You know, I wouldn't know what to do if something went wrong or if I even had to back up. I, I don't think I knew how to do that. <clears throat> I pretty much had the forward down for guys. That seems to be like a good thing. And, and I had a good idea where the gas was. Gas, forward, good. We're good. Let's go. But in our lives, don't we want to become experienced in who we are and what we do? So we want to become experienced even in our relationship with Christ, right? We want to become experienced in, in all that He has for us. We want to be able to grow. So what is it that we've uns, we become unskilled in? We become unskilled in the Word of Righteousness. Inexperienced in what is right and what is wrong. It's one thing to be inexperienced in a combine. It's another thing to not know the difference between right or wrong. But don't you see that's where our world is today? They don't know the difference between right or wrong. It ain't their fault. They need someone to teach them. We should be teaching. We should not be drifting. We should be teaching. We should not be doubting. We should be teaching. We should not be dull of hearing. We should be moving forward and growing with the Lord. He says, for he is a babe. He is a babe. There at the end of verse 13. What's that? That word babe is a toddler. He's a toddler. It's not a word for a little baby. It's a word for a toddler. One that can get around, motor around, get into trouble, but doesn't talk. You get the correlation that he's making? He can move and he can walk and he can run. But doesn't really talk. Doesn't really share. So, what's he tell us to do? Verse 14. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised <coughs> that they might discern both good and evil. What's the biblical content in solid food? The, the depths of the Word of God. Plumbing the depths of... Of Jesus Christ. You know, Paul declared it like this that I would know him the height, the width, the depth, the breadth of the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, my Lord. He says, Man, I want to plumb the depths of who Jesus is and, and what he has done for me. The Bible tells this is solid food. And solid food, it comes to those who are grown, who are growing, who have developed. Who are of full age. They have an understanding. Those who by reason of use. In other words they had a, a personal commitment. I wanted to exercise. I wanted to understand. I wanted to grow. I want to know. Listen to what the word calls us to. It says in 2 Timothy 2.15. Be diligent to present yourself. What? Approved of God. A worker. Who doesn't need to be ashamed. Why? Because he's rightly dividing the word of truth. Do you get that what that verse is telling us is you've got to do some division in the word of God. 
You've got to work on comprehension in the Word of God. Everything's just not sitting on top. Sometimes you've got to get a pick out and beat on it a little bit before it relinquishes that fruit. So don't we understand that in our normal lives? You know, I love to have a fire. You guys like fire? I love to have a fire. I like People come to my house and, and immediately they want to make sure they bring an extra bag with shorts and a t-shirt. Because it might be 80 in my house. Especially if I'm having a fire. I haven't figured out the fireplace as well yet. But I got the fire part down. Now, I can say, man, I really want a fire. Gosh, I really want a fire. I really want to have a fire. And I just sit around and talk about how much I want a fire. If I don't ever go out and cut no wood, I'm not having one. You say, I don't cut no wood. I go buy it. Well, you had to do something to get the money to go buy it, didn't you? You had to apply yourself in some way. Whether it was a chainsaw up on top of a mountain, cutting down deadfall, piling it on a truck, bringing it home, chopping those pieces so they'll fit in, splitting all those pieces and piling it up so you can get to it. Also, I can enjoy a fire. That's just normal life. If I want to know Jesus Christ and the height, width, depth, and breadth of the love of God, which has been revealed to me through who He is and what He's done for me, it won't be less effort. I gotta want it. I gotta want to plummet. I gotta want to know it. I gotta want to dive in. So He says, Paul says to Timothy, be diligent. To present yourself a worker, somebody willing to do the work, right? Willing to go to work, a workman of God, approved of God for what? Approved of God, why? Because, <clears throat> because I'm willing to divide the word of God. I'm willing to pick it up and look underneath. Oh, looky there. Look what I found. Look what, look what God has shown me this morning in his word. Man, God does that. And it has become one of the greatest joys in my life to be able to do that. Finally, look, it's this moral comprehension that we're missing. It says, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised, for what purpose? To discern good and evil. Literally, to judge right and wrong, good and bad. Where am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to stand in? Where am I supposed to go? How should I feel about this issue? How should I feel about that issue? How should I be? How, how should my mind be wrapped around these things that happen to us all the day long? Should I, should I cheat on my taxes? Shouldn't I cheat on my taxes? Should I, should I, should I do whatever I gotta do to get ahead in business? Shouldn't I do whatever I gotta do to get ahead in business? Where do I find all the ability to judge that and understand where it is I need to stand to stand with Christ? I find it because I'm willing to grow. One of the scariest guys, no lie, one of the scariest, uh, two super scary warnings in Hebrews is coming up in chapter 6. Chapter 10 is, the only one scarier than that is chapter 10. Chapter 6 of Hebrews is what got me to stop on the road I was on, turn around, repent, and go in the other direction. And if I come to chapter 6 and I... And I see this warning. How does it begin? I don't want to drift. I don't want to doubt. I don't want to become hard of hearing. 
I want to grow. I want to know. I want to understand. So remember what the writer of of Proverbs said to his child, a father speaking to his son. Son, and all the things in life you can get, and all the stuff you can grab, get wisdom. And remember what I told you. Wisdom, the personification of wisdom, is Jesus Christ. All the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. Why don't you stand with me let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord God, we just thank you for the opportunity we have, God, to to come before you, Lord. We want, God, to to not be men and women who are who are falling behind, getting left behind. We don't want to be we don't want to be men and women who aren't progressing, who aren't growing, who who have become stagnant because we begun to drift and we're not holding fast to Jesus Christ. And that drifting has led us to a place of doubting. I don't know what to believe, I don't know what to think. And that doubting begins to lead me to a place of dullness of hearing where I can't perceive. I can't understand God I pray that it would be our heart that says man the way I do battle against this is I want to know you Jesus I want to know you I want to know who you are I want to know the thoughts that you think I want to know what you feel about circumstances in life I want to love what you love I want to hate what you hate I want to draw close to you I want to understand this comprehend this incredible love of God that that would cause God who loved the world to send His one and only unique Son. Man, God, in order for me to to comprehend, to know, to grow, to stay away from drifting and doubting and dullness of hearing, Lord, I want to just pursue You. I want to pursue You just like I pursue other things in life, at least equal to how I pursue other things in life. I remember, Lord, how you, you piqued my interest as I, was, as I was reading. I don't even remember what book it was, God. I was reading this book and it said that the, this Christian brother, he, he heard the smiths, the smithies, the guys up early in the morning pounding on steel, uh, blacksmithing, doing the work, and he was shamed because they were up worshiping their God before he was up worshiping his. Man, I, I just want to pursue you. The way you are worthy to be pursued. I want to know you in the way you are worthy to be known. I want to comprehend you. I want to. I want to grow and understand. I know that that's going to challenge me. And I know I'm going to run into things that are hard. And I'm going to have difficult words to learn. And, and maybe Latin phrases. Who knows? But I know in all of that, in all of that, so good to know you. Because it keeps me from drifting. I'm holding fast. The confession. My Savior. I'm holding fast. The profession that He is my God. I'm holding fast to all that He has for me. And I pray, God, as we come into this scripture that's warning us to be careful, that I say the key I need here is to grow.
So, Lord, I pray that you would open our eyes to see marvelous treasures in your word. Open our hearts to understanding and comprehension. Bring about the desire in our life. And God, may we be diligent to be workers the way you've called us. And we give you, Lord, the praise and the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen.